Do you want to achieve personal growth, but something is holding you back? We're going to give you the secret to get there on this edition of The Inside BS Show. Hey now, I'm Nikki G. This is The Inside BS Show. I am here with my partner, Dave Lorenzo, the godfather of growth. Morning, Dave. How are you? Hey now, Nikki G. I'm amazing. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Dave, I really wanted to discuss personal growth today. It's it's so important as professionals that we continue to push ourselves to grow and develop. There's so much more we can be doing, and there's moments where we want to do something, but we are being held back. Most often, we're being held back by ourselves and our own fear to do it. That voice in our head that is telling us we can't do it is a big force in holding us back from doing something that we think we can do, and we really want to try it. And we're almost there, but it stops us. And I think the second thing that really holds us back is not having the right support system for taking those steps and giving something a shot. So I had a moment of personal growth, a big one in the last few days. So I really wanted to share that with you and use this as a discussion point for all of you who may be wanting to try something else to grow professionally, but you're being held back. We talked about Dave standing on stage and telling jokes. And you shared with me that you've done stand-up. And the thought of that made me want to throw up. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just very, it, the thought of it seems so uncomfortable for me. I don't know what it is. It's not about being on stage. You know I love to present. I'm very comfortable on stage. It doesn't matter the size of the crowd. It's the comedy element. So I don't know why, but it's that you, you add that comedy element. And for me, it just creates an uncomfortable feeling. But I really wanted to try it. That was the problem. So we kept having this discussion and you said, I think you can do this and you should give it a shot. And I sat on it for a while. I wasn't an immediate yes, as you know. But then I came back to you just before our recent seminar. And I said to you, Dave, I really want to try this. Do you remember what your reaction was? I think, if I recall correctly, I was ecstatic. I was so happy that you wanted to do it because I think, honestly, Nicola, and I'm going to say this from the heart, I think I know what's best for you more than you know what's best for you. So I was completely thrilled. I was over the moon <laughs> that you wanted to do it. And I said, I'm going to write some jokes for you. You're going to do five minutes. It's going to be great. And then you were like, well, wait a minute. I just wanted to tell one joke. That is exactly right. You, your level of excitement was it felt like you were jumping through the phone. You were so excited to go write jokes and you're telling me you're going to do this whole set. And I'm like, I didn't know that I was committing to that. But by the end of it, you're right. I said, I want to do this. I think I can do this. Let's, let's give it a shot. So I did it. And I did it, folks, in front of an audience of over 50 people. So the first time I've ever told a joke on stage was in front of an audience of over 50 people. Gave it a shot. And you were you were fantastic. It went great. And here's what you did that required so much courage. And it's something I would never do and I haven't done. You did it in front of a room full of people that you knew. I've only done comedy in front of I, – now, I've told jokes, but I've only done comedy. Like, I've only done things designed to make people laugh in a series, like a set of comedy. I've only done that in front of strangers. I made it a point never to tell any of my friends, never to tell any of my family 
where I was doing comedy. They didn't know what nights I was going out. They didn't know where I was doing open mics. Even when I was doing regular shows, they didn't know where I was doing regular shows. My wife didn't even know that I was going until the last minute. This was before we had kids. She didn't even know I was going until the last minute. So she couldn't show up there with her friends. I would never do it in front of people I knew because I didn't want to run the risk of looking like a goofball in front of people that I knew. So you had way more courage than I did because you did this in front of 55 people who knew you. And they and here's the thing, and this is this is how devious I am. I convinced you that because they didn't think you would ever tell a joke, you were going to have the benefit of surprise. And I think I was right. I think you were great, and I think they laughed partially because they were thrilled to see you telling jokes. Well, I appreciate that. But let me say, I'm glad you did not mention to me that little tidbit about you not having done this in front of an audience of people you knew the first few times. You did not tell me that. I would that never do that. I, I would never. Session. I would never do. But when I, I, I'll do it now. I now I have no problem doing it. I'll do it in front of anybody. I'll do it in front of everybody. I could do five minutes right here in front of this audience. I don't care. I'll do it now because I'm comfortable <laughs> doing it. But when I first started and the jokes were bad and nobody laughed, I never wanted anybody I knew to see me doing that. It was only in front of other comics and a bunch of drunks at one o'clock in the morning. So the <laughs> fact that you did it in front of 55 people who knew you, that was I was like, this woman has incredible courage. You go, Nikki G. Nobody wanted you to succeed more than me. I, I know that. I know that. And I, I love that about you. Here's the thing. We work with a lot of professionals. I love working with professionals. I love helping them develop and grow. And I would not tell them to do something that I'm not willing to do myself, and nor would you. And you've done this 10 times over, so I knew you were the right coach for it. But one of the reasons I wanted to do this, not just for myself, but it's also for other professionals. You've got to take risks, and we're still taking them ourselves. And this was something that was on my list, and I something was holding me back from doing it. For whatever reason, it's the comedy piece. And I said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go through this growth period myself so we can talk about this and I can have other professionals have these conversations with me and tell them, here's an experience I just went through. This isn't the only one and it won't be the last. Well, so let's yeah, let me let me tell you something. OK, so this is uh, this is the second show we've done today so far. And the first one was like a 48 minute epic marathon. But I will tell you that there is a difference in you doing this right now. Because of what you did the other day by being up there doing something, you are much looser today here doing this. I'm telling you that right now. You're looser now doing this because of what you did there. Because you took that risk and you didn't die and nobody came up to you and <laughs> revoked, your, no, nobody revoked your <laughs> law license while you were up there. They didn't come up and grab your law card. Oh, lawyer, you can't tell jokes. Yank. Nobody did that. And you realized that it was good. Trying something was good and nothing bad happened to you. You're looser here now as a result of that. Yeah, it's a totally different feeling. Is When you, you could do something a hundred times and you're not thinking about that and you do something once you haven't done, it's a totally different experience. Yeah. So you, you want this show to be about growth. You were, you, you, you had, you had four points. So this is point number one. And what is that point number one? How does that, how does that relate to the conversation that we're having? Point number one, you have to take risks. That was a big risk for me to take that, not knowing what was going to happen. 
not knowing maybe I could have passed down the room. Not, nobody was going to laugh. I mean, all jokes aside, like that, you know, the biggest thing you think about is what if there's no reaction? What if nobody laughs? It doesn't matter. You've got to take the risk. You've just got to commit to taking a risk. And that's where the starting point is for real growth is you've got to just say, I'm going to take this risk and I'm not going to worry about what's going to happen. I'll prepare for it. I'm going to take the risk. All kidding aside, the initial fear you have when you do that for the first time, when you tell jokes is nobody's going to laugh. What happens is you start to do it for, for you, or you do it because of the, because of the people that you're there with. So, and, and I'll explain what I mean and I'll explain how it relates to you and me. So when you're, when you're an open micer, and you suck, you're going from place to place doing open mics, and you're seeing the same people over and over again. And everybody's heard your jokes a million times, but they see your evolution. They see how you're progressing. So eventually, you're doing the jokes for your little crowd of friends. And if the drunks don't laugh, you don't care. If your crowd of friends laughs, you know you got something because they've heard these over and over again. One of the things I think you're, you experience, we, we rehearse that. You're Look, the two of us are freaks about preparation, and you're a, a big, you love mastery. So you and I rehearsed that together several times. You probably rehearsed it on your own 10 times the several times that we rehearsed it, right? <laughs> I'm embarrassed so, to say how many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you rehearsed that over and over again. We had heard it together, but I was 10 feet away from you, and it was it was almost like you were doing it for, for us for you were doing it to demonstrate to me and to for us that I can do this and I'm pushing myself because I want the growth for myself and I want to share this with my pal Dave. Like if that's the reason why you were doing it, that's the that's how comics get through people not laughing, right? Comics get through bombing on stage because they're going to share the bombing with the other comics afterwards. Like when you bomb, you walk off stage and you go to the bar with the other comics and you go, oh, man. And they go, yeah, boy, that was horrible. And then you talk about how bad it was and you all laugh about how bad it was. So you knew in that moment if it goes great. Dave and I are going to be happy together. If it goes bad, Dave and I are going to have a couple of laughs about how bad it went. And it turned out it went phenomenally well. And we were both thrilled. I was over the moon for you because it changed. It changes you once you do it. It's like jumping out of a plane. Once you do it, it changes you forever. You never fear that again. And it's not something you ever are. It's never going to be a barrier for you moving forward. You're going to be comfortable now in just about any scenario, whether it's on a podcast or on a video or in front of an audience. So true. It is freeing. You've got to take the risk. Got to take the risk. So second thing. Point number two and how you can overcome this is to surround yourself with others who enable your growth. Dave, you're the best person to have by my side who has been presenting me with these opportunities to grow professionally and personally. And I just like, I feel so comfortable taking those risks with you by my side because you're right. I know like, even if it, it went terribly wrong, we were going to laugh about it, oh, but I have someone who's going again. to support me. <laughs> I was someone who's going to give me the right. Oh, we definitely won't do that again. 
We still would have laughed. We would have had fun. We actually would have been telling you about it, audience, because at this point, like, I'm trying to become more of an open book. So I'm going to share that experience with you too. When I take yeah, a risk went, and I follow my phenomenal. face, it was great. It was so good. Yeah, it went. It went phenomenally. It went phenomenally well. And the next thing will go phenomenally well. You know, the the only thing you you are never if you fail at something, you're going to fail because you don't have capability because you're never going to fail for lack of preparation because nope. you're ridiculous. <laughs> you over prepare for everything. So, you know, there are some things that I know that are where 80 percent of it is preparation. And look, comedy, there's there's a mechanical element to telling jokes I can teach anybody to tell jokes. Now, there's there's an innate ability to have timing and there's a little bit of acting and there's there's some there's there's some cadence that, that you have to get down and you have to be completely committed. But I would say 80 percent of that stuff you can teach people. The 20 percent that you can't teach, that's the difference between somebody like me and somebody who does it professionally. Like I could I can't do it professionally because I don't have the level of skill that those people have. I could be dedicated to it and I could I could be relentless, but I could never get to the level of a professional comedian. But, you know, you're so into preparation that I knew it was going to be I knew it was if we wrote good material. And we worked on the delivery. I knew it was going to be good because I knew you were going to prepare. And I knew and I knew who was in the room, too. I also knew it was kind people in the room. There was nobody there was nobody in the room that was going to go, oh, come on, <laughs> <laughs> Throws, throw a napkin at me or a fork, <laughs> take off their shoe and throw it at your head. <laughs> Gosh, I have a, such a newfound appreciation for comedians um, because some of that happens. <laughs> So look, you have to surround yourself with other people who enable your growth in any space. Even if, look, you're stuck in a job, you're listening to this right now, you're stuck in a space where you're not surrounded by people who want you to grow, want you to push limits and and hit that next milestone in your career. Think about that. Think about finding others to surround yourself with that will help you get there because they're out there. They are. People, you know, you're seeing it here. You can find people who want to see you succeed and grow. You need to surround yourself with those people. Because we all have room to grow, and it's great to have the right person to help you do that. I am I am flattered that that you think I am the right person for you, and now I I will bear that burden for the rest of my days. <laughs> so let's move on to point number three. Point number three is you have to be uncomfortable and resilient. So here's where here's where real growth happens for me is in walking into that space that is uncomfortable and unfamiliar. That is going to be your biggest window for growth. You just have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's not going to feel okay and safe and familiar because you haven't been there. But the only way you're going to get through it is to say, I'm going to accept that. And that's when you, and if you do it, I mean, you're hearing this here, there's so much upside to the way that you, you feel and where you're going to get if you're willing to get into that space. So just know you've got to accept that it's, it's going to be uncomfortable for you. Yeah, I you saw me uncomfortable uh, at the group leader summit opening with a story that I, I that I never told in front of an audience before, and that I probably will never tell again because I wanted to I wanted to push myself. I knew I knew that story would resonate. I knew that story would make the point that I wanted to make, and that particular speaking engagement. It was really important to get it off to a good start because of the nature of how it was set up. So I told a story that 
made me uncomfortable. You knew I was going to be uncomfortable because I told you days before, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I know. I, was, I, I knew you could. I knew you could. But I was feeling like a little nervous for you when you were telling it because I yeah. knew that this was new for you, yep. which is amazing to me that there's still things that are new for you as oh you're my doing gosh, this when yeah. you're speaking. So you, but you do have to. Yes. yes. You do have to push yourself. You have to you have to push yourself. And for and it was appropriate for for that for that event, for that venue, for that for that purpose, it was appropriate. But I, I will tell you, because you're because the point you made was about being uncomfortable and resilience, I will tell you that afterwards, after reflecting on that, and I didn't we didn't I didn't have anybody record that, so I didn't get a chance to uh, just about every speaking engagement I do, I record, and I didn't have anybody record that, so I didn't have a chance to listen back to it, but to listen to it back. But I will tell you that. As I reflect back on it, it was appropriate for that time, but I don't think I'll ever use that story again because of how I felt. That was a that was a story. There are, for me, as somebody who's always vulnerable and who always puts myself out there, there are things that are personal that I feel like I want to keep for me, and that's the reason why I've never told that story. And in telling that story. I feel like I gave away something that was just mine, that was just for me. And I don't think, you know, although it was the right thing to do for that event, for that time, I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever do that again because that's mine. And that's, that's something that I want to keep for me. So the, the, the level of discomfort is always there. Um, now resilience is something I think that it's a muscle that you exercise and that you can use and we we experienced this actually just a few <laughs> days ago freaking i do, i'm doing an event with you and zoom was hacked oh, and the and i show up 15 minutes early waiting for our your our zoom guy the zoom guy that works with us and i'm i pop in the zoom room and there's people in there and i'm like oh i'm sorry i don't know how i got this the wrong room so I bail out and I go back in again and it's our Zoom link and somebody's and there's people in there having a meeting. So I log into Zoom and I contact Zoom support and they immediately shut it down. But we had like 15 minutes and I had to send out the, a new link, had to set up a new meeting, set up a new link to everybody who was registered for that Zoom meeting. And between the two of us, we got it done in 10 minutes. And there were a few people afterwards who messaged me. I had to send them the right link after. But by and large, it went off relatively seamlessly to the audience members. But that resilience facing that adversity, it was, I mean, I knew I could do it. I, listen, I put out fires in hotel kitchens, so I knew I could handle a Zoom link issue. But, you know, that muscle, that resilience muscle, it helps you bounce back from stuff like that or failures or it keeps you, it keeps you coming back. It keeps you in the game. Yeah, it's so true. So in speaking to that resilience point and the experience that I went through, I told myself in advance that it didn't matter what the outcome was. It didn't. It wasn't going to matter for me. I had to get through this for me personally, and I was going to do it. And if this went the complete other way and no one laughed, then I was going to keep moving forward, knowing that I was able to do this. So you have to be resilient. You're not going to bat a thousand. There's going to be times I'm personally going to try something new and fall on my face. There are other people out there. You're going to try something new, fall on your face. You got to keep doing it. You, either, you will not grow if you don't take these risks and accept that you know, the outcome, whatever it may be, can be great. I mean, it can be the potential for it to be great is a lot bigger than you know, something going wrong and having that be a bad experience. But guess what? Just be resilient. Bounce back from it. Keep moving forward. Keep growing. 
It's still the experience that you've got to go through. That's what's most important here is going through an experience and knowing that you can get yourself to take that risk and, 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 and be able to challenge yourself and push yourself. Comedy is great for that. You bomb one night and come back the next night and have a great set. So I had the opportunity to do, it was supposed to be five minutes. It ended up being a little longer at the improv here in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale for, for a paying audience. It wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't an open mic crowd. It wasn't a bringer show where everybody brings five people and that's who they put in the audience. It was an actual crowd that was paying to see people who were coming on after me. It was right after about three weeks after remember that horrific accident that tracy morgan was in so he was he was in a limousine coming back from a show and the limousine was hit by a truck driver a walmart truck the truck driver fell asleep hit the limo killed one of his friends and tracy morgan was was seriously injured so it's four weeks after that and i had i had done a joke about that at some open mic nights and it, it went over pretty well. So I get this opportunity and I have the lead into it is I tell I tell a joke about I tell a joke about a lawyer and a lawyer has uh, has a billboard on the side of the road and the billboard says um, for your next DUI, I'm your guy. And it has the lawyer's face and the lawyer's face is doing like a thumbs up on the billboard and uh, and. I said, you know, it's a whole bit about lawyer advertising. And I said, and you know, I ran, I had too many drinks and I ran right into that billboard. So I'm laying in the hospital and I'm on a gurney and a guy walks up to me and he goes, loved one died in a bad car crash. Give me a call for your big bag of cash. And he's a personal injury lawyer and he hands me a business card, right? And the audience laughs. And I said, I turned to the audience and I said, you know, I think it would have been much better if that guy had given his business card to, oh, I don't know, say a sleepy Walmart truck driver three weeks after the Tracy Morgan incident. The whole crowd at in unison, 300 people groan, right? Oh, three weeks after they all groan. And I look at the crowd and I look over at the other freaking comics at the bar and they all have this look like their mouths are open. They're holding their drinks and they're just like. And I look at the audience and I go, that one's going to hit you on the way home. And I just turned and the place went nuts. It went absolutely crazy. And that whole joke was developed. That whole it's called a tag. That tag at the end came from that joke bombing so many times when I told that I knew there was something there that would get a laugh right I told the joke I think it would be better if we handed that card to a sleepy Walmart truck driver every audience I told it to one of the crowds was like too soon some guy yelled from the back of the room right and I'm like so I came off stage after the guy yelled too soon and I walk over to the other comics I'm like there's something there I know there's a joke there somewhere and so when I told that, and let me tell you, you want to talk about freaking putting yourself out there, telling it in front of 300 people, a paying crowd, right? So I, I tell the joke and the audience pulls back. And when I added that tag and they went nuts, I turned and looked at the comics at the bar and they were all going <laughs> ape shit crazy because it was the greatest thing ever, you know? And that's, and that's the kind of thing that only develops 
from resilience. It's like being in a sales situation and getting rejected so many times that you know how to handle, <laughs> yeah. you know how to handle that rejection and you just keep coming back. So that, I mean, comedy is so great for so many reasons. Since we started talking about comedy and now you're talking about resilience, it's so great for so many reasons. Let's say that you bomb. you didn't bomb, you did great, but let's say you bombed and then you and I sat down and we figured out why you bombed. We listened to it over and over again and we worked on it. You probably would have delivered it the next time and done phenomenally well. And, and I'm sure if we do it again, you will deliver those jokes and get an even bigger laugh the next time because of what we learned from it. And that leads, I think, to one of your next points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So point number four is you always have to learn from it. And you're right. There's there's something to learn from. Even though this was a positive experience in the end, there's still so much I took away from that. And I know I can learn from it. It's how do I make this even better next time? How do we get more people to laugh? How do I you know, focus on the things where there's room for improvement? I mean, heck, I'm a total amateur. But no matter what it is, there's always something you can take away and develop and make it better. If you don't go through that first experience, you can't get here. And there's still so much room for growth. You're realizing as you got through the experience, you're like, now there's a whole other window here of room for growth that I need to step into and explore. And that that's, you know, comedy and sales, very similar. I mean, you get in sales, you get rejected seven times out of 10. But those three sales you make could be million dollar sales and you're you could be fat and happy based on making just those three sales. I don't remember, well, I, I I remember the funny ones, but I don't remember most of the times I was rejected. I only, like, I could tell you a story about security throwing me out because I was such an idiot in the sales process, but that's a <laughs> funny rejection story. But I don't remember the 99 times out of 100 that I was rejected when I first got into sales. I can tell you what my first sale was for sure. Like that the, the 100th time, the time that it actually worked, I can tell you what that was. I can't tell you about the 99 times I failed because I don't think about those, although I took something away from every one of them that enabled me to make the 100th sale. And that's the thing. You don't remember all those times when you struck out or when you grounded out, but you remember the big hit that you got that won the game. And that's all that matters. The learning, the growth, that's all that matters. It's so true. It is so true. But you will, it will not taste as sweet unless you, you keep trying and you have some failures along the way. You can really appreciate when you've you've done an excellent job at something when you've had some of those failures. No one's going to be like I said, batting a thousand. So you've got to just keep keep you know keep taking the hits, keep taking the risks. So we have given you here the way to achieve personal growth and to rid yourself of whatever might be holding you back. We'd love to hear from you, our audience. If you have an achievement in personal growth, share it with us. Drop it in the comments. And if you've enjoyed today's show, please share this show with a friend. We'll be back here tomorrow. I'm Nikki G. And you are? Dave Lorenzo, godfather of growth. See you then. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. <laughs>